Higher congestion charge would make an effective difference in traffic reduction, according to the government and according to Te Waihanga, New Zealand Infrastructure Commission. The government's expected to announce next week that a congestion charge is on the cards for Auckland CBD in 2025. A Helen Clark Foundation report has found such a charge could cut congestion by 12%, but researchers say the process needs to be brought in fairly. Te Waihanga, the Infrastructure Commission, released its first long-term strategy at the start of the month. They believe we need to ease congestion in our cities and make use of tools like congestion charging to make better use of transport connections. General Manager of Strategy, Jeff Cooper, joins me now. Very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Terry. Good to, good to be here. Do we have to spend money to save it? Well, what we need is the right um, the right pricing signals so we know when is the cheapest time to use the roads, right? And that's really yeah. what the, the essence of what congestion charging is, is getting at. And the, what we're talking here really is about changing how we how we pay for infrastructure, not necessarily about how much we're paying. Right. So is it only Auckland that's being looked at or other cities as well around the country? I mean, the approach we've taken in, in the New Zealand infrastructure strategy is to think very broadly about cities in New Zealand generally. There are certainly cities in New Zealand that need it sooner than others, right? And, and I think, um, you know, Auckland and Wellington are clearly uh, probably first, first kids off the park, if you like. Yeah. But you know, over time, small cities become big cities, right? And and as that occurs, congestion charging makes more sense. So, um, you know, all cities in New Zealand at one time or another probably are going to have to be thinking about policies like these. Yeah. So when it comes to alternatives, they have to be there before people can use them. And at the moment, they're not. If you do the sums when you look at commute times, for many of us within the city, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I think there's this sort of general question about, well, what about the equity side of congestion charging? And um, there's a this few, few frames to this, right? So the first is that we don't think that the existing system is very equitable at all. We currently see, um, you know, many Aucklanders, many Wellingtonians, many city dwellers in New Zealand spending hours of time sitting in long queues uh, in order to get to, to work. And I think that first and foremost, we need to value people's time, right? And that's what yeah. ultimately what congestion charging is, is about. Um, but your point around um, uh, around alternatives is an important one, and I think that needs to be addressed uh, through uh, system design, through congestion charging design. Clearly, you don't want to be um, uh, pricing areas where there aren't alternatives. Or let me put it in a different yeah. light: let's let's price the areas where we know that there are really good alternatives, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 so you know people can move on to to public transportation or or walking and cycling. Do you believe that public transport should be free? I mean, let's say nowhere in the world is it a profit maker. It's there a service, basically, isn't it? Public transport. Yeah. I, I mean, let, let me start by saying public transport is <clears throat> is obviously not free to provide. Right? No, no. <laughs> um, some, and somebody has to pay for it. So again, we're coming back to this point that it's a question of how we pay for it, right? Um, and uh, there are obvious um, important incentives and benefits to having the people that are benefiting from it pay for it, right? They're receiving the service. But in the case of something like public transportation, there are wider benefits. 
um, that that extend not just to the person using it, but if there's somebody getting on the train, that's an, that's one less car uh, on the road, and it reduces congestion. It's also less carbon emissions, right? Which we which we have a sort of national goal to to, to try and um, to try and get rid of. So we know that there are, if you like, spillovers to people using these these um, public transportation. As a result, you know. There's a there's a um, common call to to reduce the cost of those, and that makes sense to some extent. But I don't think I don't think reducing the cost to zero would be a uh, would would be a good way forward. In part because it would probably create a big um, funding deficit, right? And then we'd have problems funding our public transportation as well. So we need yeah, to balance those things. Except that if I am giving up the pleasure of sitting in my car listening to my own music or my own podcast or my own radio and having the privacy of my own cocoon around me, if I'm cheek by jowl with some smelly oaf in a, in a stinky raincoat, because I'm saving the planet, because I'm you know helping out others, why should I pay for that? I'm being told I have to do that. Well, the good news is that if, if, if you do have this congestion charge in place, you'll be listening to, to your music in your car and you'll still have the option to do that, yeah. but you'll get to work much quicker, right? You'll have more time spending with family. You'll have uh, a, a more productive work day because you might be able to go to uh, three or four work start, sites instead of one or two. So you, you'll find that it'll have impacts on productivity as well. When it comes to the city itself, you know, a, a couple of texters have already said, look, Auckland City's broken because of its geographical nature. It's sprawly, it's spread out. People can live on the North Shore and work in the in South Auckland. Public transport is never going to make sense, as opposed to a city like Wellington, which is small, neat, self-contained, all points lead to the central city. Um, there's no doubt that Auckland's geography is challenging, um, but uh, so that that is true. Um, I, I just say Wellington's geography is actually very challenging as well. So what the hills? I don't think I'd look at Wellington. Do you mean the hills and the and the and the um, sea? Yeah, yeah, mm. but but it does have um, uh, these public transportation arterials that are much stronger than in Auckland, right? And we see uh, much higher rates of public transportation, which is, I think, what you, what you're kind of getting at there. You know, Auckland. Um, so, so part of these problems are are the geography. Part of the problems are a lack of investment in public transportation. Years gone by. We know that you know it, it, this is a city that. Um, got rid of its uh, got rid of its trams many decades ago, um, and now is thinking about how to retrofit some of these things. It's a city that takes a very long time to put in place uh, things like bus rapid uh, rapid transit, um, and we've seen that. So there's part of this problem is it, it has an infrastructure deficit, and we know that. Um, and of course, the other part of it, it is, is it has um, sort of wound itself up in regulatory circles with um, with the choice of land use, right? And so. You know, we we know a lot of these issues have come out through things like the minimum density residential standards or the MPS um, National Policy Statement on Urban Development that have, have basically reinforced to us that our our land use rules have made it incredibly difficult for developers to build next yeah. areas of public transportation. So you know, we've we've handcuffed ourselves on both sides, right? But we're starting to see um, some important policy movement, which is actually like complementing one another. Yeah. Do you think there has been a lack of vision over the last 20-odd years which has got us to this sticking point? Um, a lack of vision? Um, I, I mean, the city hasn't been without vision over the over the years, but I think it's taken a while to um, clearly understand what it is that has, you know, driven some of the, the, the intractable problems of, mm. of Auckland, you know, and you sort of take this issue of congestion, 
Um, if you look at some of the big Auckland programs of investment um, that are planned for the next 30 years, we're spending billions upon billions of dollars and we're expecting congestion to get worse, right? So yep. the diagnosis has been wrong. The diagnosis of we'll just create more space through, through roading infrastructure mm. Uh, you know, it's the old adage that if you um, if you want to cure obesity, you don't loosen the belt, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> and and we've sort of got that diagnosis wrong. Um, and I think that that has persisted for for a number of years, and we're starting to see a bit of a, a culture of change and and what needs to happen to to move forward. I think the other thing too is people are being told that they have to get out of their cars. And they don't. New Zealanders, I've found, or maybe it's just news talk said by listeners and texters, <laughs> don't like being told what to do, especially if at the moment it's impractical to do so. So we're getting all the chat about getting out of cars and getting on cycleways, and and people are like, "Cool, but I'm a tradie, or cool, but I've got to drop the kids off to school on the way to work. So how am I going to do that on a bike?" Yeah, so I mean, quite clearly, I mean, I've lived in Auckland for mm. for a couple of decades. It's not always bike friendly because yeah. where you live, right? So again, like this comes back to two alternatives. Um, but uh, you know, what, one of the upsides of a policy like congestion charging is it is not a firm regulatory line. You know, um, it's not like us saying you can't do something. In fact, like there is choice here, right? You can. Um, it will cost a bit more if yeah. you're driving in the peak, yeah. but you'll get the return of a quicker uh, of a quicker journey. And of course, there's always the option to drive outside the peak, right? Whether you know, because we're talking about a congestion charge that would be um, in place over congested periods, right? And so, on the shoulder or in the interpeak, um, the charge would either be lower or it would be zero. And so there is always a natural alternative there. And I think in this day and age where we're actually starting to see a lot more flexibility in how we live, work and play in the city, right. you know, people now working from home a lot more, uh, again, the time sort of feels right that, that, yeah. Um, yeah. that this policy makes more sense today perhaps than it did a couple of years ago. So if we reframe the, the conversation around, yes, of course, you've got choice, but you will have to pay for that. Yeah, because ultimately infrastructure costs. Yeah, right. We can yep. We can't. We just that's that's a, a statement of fact, right? So we have to determine how we're going to pay for that, um, whether it comes out of taxes, rates, uh, or otherwise. And congestion charging is is a great way to do it um, because it 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 smooths the peak, right? We have these with these transportation networks. We're all using the road at the same time, right? And um, and as a result, we get these cries to build more uh, transportation infrastructure just for one or two hours a day. And for the rest of the time, you know, we're not utilising it uh, very much at all. Um, and this, of course, is highly inefficient. And it's why we make the cry in the New Zealand infrastructure strategy to try and make better use of existing infrastructure rather than always building for the peak, because that's really expensive too. Lovely to talk with you. Thank you, Jeff. You a great communicator and, and uh, communicated complex kind of philosophies very neatly. I appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Jeff Cooper, Te Wahanga. Uh, that's the Infrastructure Commission, General Manager of Strategy. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if we reframe it like that, it's not as it's not as draconian. Sure, you have choice, but you will pay for it. And if you're a tradie and you need your truck and you need to be able to get through the central city to get to jobs, then we as consumers will have to pay for that. That's not for you to absorb. We will have to pay for that. And he's right. I mean, the time has is 
it's not now when, when you talk about different options, because we've got the working from home option that many people are exercising. There are different ways of getting around. And if we do need a car, if we do want a car, if that is our transportation of choice, pay for it. News Talk ZB 0800 80 10 80 is the number to call. It is.